Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. And we are coming to you bright and early live from the Brodo Studios. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with Michael Petrop. And guess what? We're coming to you live because today's a very special day. Today is Veterans Day. Shout out to all the veterans out there today. We try to give you what we can because America is beautiful and you're the people who make you beautiful. So shout out to the veterans. We're from veterans. Two veterans on our grandfather's side, both grandfathers, veterans of the Army. True that. Navy, Air Force, Marines, America. Shout out to everyone who's fighting right now. Shout out to everyone out there. Shout out to all the the past and present people. We can't really give you the things that you need, but we can put some American music on. We could come to you a little earlier. So hopefully you get some nice stuff a little earlier. There you go. That's it. What's up, Mike? I thought you were going to have that on the whole episode. Nah, that would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah. Although I do have here open... Um, American Patriotic Songs and Marches for 36 minutes. That sounds fun. Um, some are better than others. I'm not going to lie. Some are a little racist because they come from post, I mean, pre, you know. Confederates and things of that sort. Things like that. So I had to avoid <laughs> the racist ones. And then we're here. We're here with the good ones, you know, because America's got some good. America's got some bad. But America is America because it's the best, whether yeah. it's good or bad. Yeah. And in a political climate where p- things can get clouded. It's important to recognize that the one thing that's not clouded is our veterans. So shout out to all the veterans out there who continue to make what we do possible and fight for our freedom. We appreciate. We appreciate. Um, one thing we also appreciate is some good old fantasy football. So let's get right into the biggest fantasy football stories today with the news. Those stories in more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the Donnie. world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Good old Donnie H. bringing us in as he always does. Um, Our top story is with Marshawn Lattimore. He has a hamstring injury. He's considered week to week. This is not a big deal for fantasy because you probably don't have Marshawn Lattimore unless you're playing defensive players. Well, it's quite a big deal for fantasy. But, that's what I was going to say, it's a big deal for people playing the Saints because right now the side that Marshawn Lattimore is on is not doing well in fantasy. Yep. The other side is doing extremely well in fantasy. So with that being said, um, he's week to week with a hamstring injury. Those could really, 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 really last. And not to mention, they get the Bucks next week. And Mike Evans has a long history of getting shut down by Marshawn Lattimore. So this could make him viable. And for the Chris, Chris Godwin um, owner, maybe not as attractive as it once was. But with that being said, what do you? how do you feel about this injury, especially for next week? I mean, Mike Evans owners have to be uh, licking their chops over this, honestly, because like you said, Marshawn Lattimore has had a successful past against um, Mike Evans, and even last week, well, yesterday, he was playing well against Julio Jones, and then he steps off the field, and Julio Jones immediately catches a 54-yard catch, so the impact was immediate for Julio as well, so, I mean, and Julio was on his way to an atrocious game. The 54-yard catch kind of saved him, so, I mean, if you're Mike Evans' owner, you, you're really hoping that Marshawn Lattimore misses this game. Yeah, for sure. He's he's been one of the better guys, man. One of the we'll get to this later, but one of the biggest mistakes I made last last week was in one of my leagues. I started Pittsburgh's defense in most of my leagues. I started the Saints defense over Pittsburgh's defense in one of my leagues. That was the most surprising game I think of the season so far. I can't really blame you going against the Rams. You want to hear this? <clears throat> Every single one in seven team last week won. If you were one in seven, that was a victory for a success last week. Um, oh, the Jets and Dolphins. Who else is one in seven? Oh, the Falcons, Falcons. too. That's nuts. Jets, Dolphins, Holy Falcons. Moly. They all won. Man, <laughs> Vegas probably made a lot of money this week. Yeah, probably. Um, th- this has been one of the more unpredictable seasons in terms of win losses. I feel like. I mean, especially this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of wins and losses, big loss for the Falcons, who were a winner. Austin Hooper will go undergo an MRI on his injured right knee. Uh, right knee, excuse me. Ian Rappaport, who's the NFL Network insider, said that he will miss some time. Um, man, the length of time is not known yet because of the MRI. We should have a clearer option uh, the next time we come to you on Wednesday. But Austin Hooper, the number one fantasy tight end this year. So we said this uh, earlier when we were uh, on Wednesday 
I'm sorry, on Twitter, this guy probably has taken a lot of rosters from shitty to playoffs because having a big advantage in that tight end spot is a huge advantage. This is a big, big loss for a lot of people. Yeah, Hooper's overall tight end one, and you were getting him late in drafts. Like, Sometimes not even drafted. No, he was drafted. Nah, nah. Yeah. I, I know You're some, bugging out. You're there missing. are some leagues where he wasn't drafted. I don't know about that, but you were getting him relatively late in drafts compared to the other guys. Relatively, like really, really late. Yeah, and he was a, he, at least a double-digit round guy. I think he, we, Mike Beers has been on the show before. He puts out like DFS reports to show players who are highly owned on teams that are in first place in best ball leagues. Uh, Austin Hooper was one of the top five because if you have Austin Hooper, you drafted him late in the best ball league. Your tight end position has been set the entire season, and in season long leagues, he's been a great pick to just put in your tight end spot and not have to worry about it at all. And now it's not even like you could just go pick up Luke Stocker and put him in, expecting similar results from Hooper because that just makes no sense. Luke Stocker has never shown anything in his NFL career to say that he could be anything close to what Austin Hooper is. Calvin Ridley really let me down this week, but I just can't give up on him, knowing now that Austin Hooper's probably out too. Because if they just don't start throwing him the ball more, it's it doesn't make any sense. But huge loss um, if he's out. Uh, Multiple weeks. Speaking of huge losses, Todd Gurley has lost Devontae his Freeman spot. too. Atlanta. He might miss some time as well. Big, 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 big injuries for Atlanta, man. Yeah. We'll talk about Brian Hill on tomorrow's Patreon episode. That we will. Um, so Todd Gurley, last week look, last week he had his most rushing yards of the season, seventy three. He was averaging six point one yards a carry, but he didn't see the ball in the fourth quarter. And Sean McVay said that's just kind of the rotation. If you're a Todd Gurley owner at this point, I think you really have to you really have to come to terms with the fact that Todd Gurley will not be the guy turning things around anymore, right? You have to come to, to, to grips with that. But what can you expect out of him? If you can't even expect him to get a, a touch in the fourth quarter with a team down a touchdown after he's ripping off 6.1 a carry. Yeah, it's just odd at this point, especially when the team was playing so bad, like passing the ball and Gurley was having some success. It's not like the game was out of reach. They were down like two points. Just maybe try to get Gurley the ball in the fourth quarter and see what happens. That was just odd all the way around, and Sean McVay's explanation doesn't really make any sense. But I don't see how you could rank this guy higher than a mid to low end RB two at this point. He just it's basically a running back rotation now, and he gets some work, but he doesn't get the entire work, and that offense is not the same as it was last season. So it's been a bit of a mess. Michael kind of gave it away a little bit, but the next one on the list is Devonta Freeman. Uh, he hurt his foot undergoing an MRI today. It was diagnosed as a sprain. Um, I will have more information for you on tomorrow's episode on for the patrons, by the way, patreon.com slash brotofantasy if yeah. you want to get the waiver wire episode. We say this a lot. We're going to say it again. We're good at the stuff in the, prese- in the preseason. We're good at the stuff going on during the season where we shine where we are the complete difference makers over these other dudes that are all trying to be fantasy guys, is this part, the waivers. We can make a team of waivers and beat a team who was drafted as a great team. I mean, my team now is just basically players I picked up on waivers, and I have a shot at getting back in the playoffs this week. Yes, and Michael's team, he had a bad draft. He had Juju. He had, you know, it, it, is, what, it is what it is. You can't, you can't anticipate... Ben Roethlisberger going down. Sometimes you have a bad draft. Michael's gonna about to be back in the playoffs if I can if I can hang on and win. Yep. Or if I can hang on and win. Me and Jason are in a season defining battle right now. Yeah. I'm so, up by twenty eight and a half. He has Chris Carson and Ross Dwelly. Whoever wins is gonna get that final playoff spot. See if we can hang on to it, but it's gonna be an intense battle. And, and Michael's compl- almost all of his team is waiver guys. So when you're taking a look at that, a playoff team that's waiver guys, yeah, that's how it is. So sign up. Broto.com, uh, Broto, sorry, BrotoFantasy.com. You can follow a link there, or you can go straight to Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy for as little as $3 a month. That's literally one coffee. It's like a half a coffee at Starbucks. Holler at us. Literally half of one. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to get a latte, you know, the mocha chocolate. You know the pumpkin spice latte? It's pumpkin season. Spooky season. Yeah, but skip one and give us the money Or instead. now that it's Christmas, the peppermint, you know? You're not supposed to be... Advocating for coffees, Michael. You're supposed to be advocating but against coffees. But they're terrible coffees. for you. So purchase this instead. <laughs> this is good for you. It really is, uh, though. Those drinks are like just all sugar. I and know. 
fattening things in there. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll end the news segment on a very somber note. Uh, former line receiver Charles Rogers, uh, who was a career standout at Michigan State, uh, he passes away. Number two overall pick. Number two overall in pick. Number three, I believe, right? That's right. Overall three. Uh, no, uh, I'm sorry. In 03. Um, he dies of cancer at the age of 38. He's extremely young. Um, he was let go after two years, one of the biggest draft busts because of substance abuse issues. Hopefully that didn't lead to his cancer or maybe he was just like kind of, you know, forgetting about his some stuff, using that stuff. But um, he fractured his clavicle in both of his first two seasons. Um, but he was a great college player and, you know, you never wish this upon anyone. So RIP Charles Rogers, man. RIP. Uh, but moving on, because life, as my mother-in-law says, life is for the living. Uh, let's get into our We Saw That Coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. So our I Saw That Coming segment, of course, is what we anticipated and what we expected from the upcoming season that came to fruition. Um, I'll start because fuck you, Michael. All right. Fair enough. My number one is Mark Andrews. <laughs> Because I have been telling you, despite the fact that Mark Andrews has been low on the fantasy output radar, he is still the number one receiver for a very good quarterback, and he's been getting those looks. It's just been inches off. He dropped one in the end zone. He, Lamar Jackson at, on a press conference said he missed him on a 40-yard attempt that he wished he could have had that could have possibly been a, a touchdown. But what do you see? Mark Andrew, Andrews comes out and was the first touchdown of the week this week and then had two touchdowns, put up 20 points in half PPR formats. Mark Andrews is the number one receiver in Baltimore. That's just how it goes. And I want the number one receiver on that offense, Mark Andrews. I saw that coming, bitch. Biatch. I like this healthy Mark Andrews feud that we have going on here. <laughs> yeah, he had a great game. What do you want me to say? <laughs> we'll see how the rest of the season goes on. I'm just I'm just scared that it's going to be in the playoffs one of those games where he doesn't do much because it's going to be a lot of running from Lamar Jackson. And that's mean, what scares me for Mark Andrews. I mean, sure. Like Buffalo and San Francisco weeks 13 and 14. That's tough. It's tough. But you get the W this week. I'll give it to you. <laughs> All right, Michael, who's your first saw that coming? My first saw that coming is Christian Kirk. He went absolutely bananas. He went Will Fuller on that ass. He put up three touchdowns, over 120 yards, six receptions. I had him ranked as my 12th wide receiver. The first time I ever ranked him as a wide receiver one. Um, Slightly above expert consensus ranking, so I was higher <clears throat> on him than the average fantasy pro expert ranker. So it was glorious to see because I own him in a couple leagues as well. His connection with Kyler Murray, it was a slow start to the day in the first quarter. I was like, what is going on with Christian Kirk? Why is he not doing anything? And then he just absolutely went off from there. Saw 10 targets per use. He's like a lock for 8 to 10 targets at this point. Six receptions, 138 yards. Like I said, the three touchdowns, the third one was off a tipped pass that a linebacker tipped. It was nice uh, concentration there by Christian Kirk, but glorious game against Tampa Bay, really taking advantage of the matchup. And Michael mentioned to me, because I, I, I had been going back and forth to Michael, Zach Pascal or Christian Kirk this week? Zach Pascal or Christian Kirk this week? And he mentioned to me, like, dude, this guy, when he's healthy, gets 10 targets a game. That's just what he is. So I think Christian Kirk is a play not only this week, but he could be a – fringe wide receiver two for the rest of the year no depend no don't even matter what the the, the matchup is yeah i mean after he got san francisco then a bye week which is tough um the next two weeks but then after that why not la uh pittsburgh cleveland seattle they're all not very difficult matchups they're all decent matchups so i mean with jalen ramsey there is something to be said for that yeah. um yeah my second guy is ronald jones uh, Ronald Jones, we said, he, uh, we told you on Wednesday and we really emphasized that Bruce Arian said that he is going to start. He deserves more carries. And what happened? He started and he got more carries. But one thing that we didn't expect and Jason, Jason right now is, is texting us like, yo, don't forget to give me credit for this, 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 and this right now. This is what's happening. He just said one thing. And, he said and, and, and Lat Murray. He said starting Lat Murray would be a joke, and it was. Yeah, shout well, out to Jason. Yeah, shout out to our special guest Jason. But uh, <laughs> um, he argued with me like, "Oh, Ronald Jones isn't part of the passing game." Blah blah blah. Ten targets. They came out of nowhere. Eight catches. 
Because this is a team that was last in the league against a running back out of the backfield. He did also see 11 rushes to Peyton Barber's 11 rushes and lost out on a goal line touchdown. I think that those things happened, and I put this in my notes right here. It's because he fumbled at the end. He just pulled a, a Tua and just completely dropped the ball, which cost the Buccaneers. Luckily, it didn't cost him a win, but be careful about Ronald Jones going forward, I think. Never, because never good to lose a fumble. Never good to lose a, a fumble spot. like that in a big spot. Never. Especially when Bruce Arians are coach and you can get replaced like that. Yep. So, but for this week, we saw Ronald Jones coming. We said he could be an RB2. He ended up being an RB1. Uh, he ended up being like one of the top five running backs in scoring this week. So, shout out to Ronald Jones, someone that we told you to start <laughs> and it definitely paid off. Michael, who's your last we saw that coming? My uh, <clears throat> second and last we saw that coming is a wide receiver that... The Brodo Bros are absolutely known for being lower on than most. His expert consensus ranking was 12. We told you that was absolutely ridiculous. And he had his normal average game per use. It's Allen Robinson. Uh, he went 6 for 86, 11 and a half points. Probably not going to lose your week. Certainly not winning your week for you. Probably going to end as a around wide receiver 25 to 30 with 11 and a half points. Just exactly where we had him ranked. <laughs> I had him ranked as my wide receiver... Uh, 25 on the week compared to the expert consensus rankings, which was 12. I even got that alert from Fantasy Pro saying, is this uh, ranking correct? Because it was so off from the expert consensus ranking. But that's what you have to expect from Allen Robinson with Mitch Trubisky at QB. Hey, Mitch Trubisky got a good game. Can we give some credit where credit is due? He didn't miss a wide receiver by 600 feet this game. He was he had, good. He was accurate. He had an awful first quarter, and then it got better. Oh, man. He did only throw for 173 yards. Yeah, still a good game. Um, look, let me have one. All right, just one. One, Michael, let me have one. Uh, look, we saw those coming, but we're not Nostradamus. We're not fortune tellers, and there's things we don't see coming, too. Here is the surprise, <laughs> surprise, the things that we did not see coming. Surprise, motherfucker. Uh, so the number one surprise for me, and let me say this because in our home league, I was in a matchup where I was starting Saquon Barkley. And I texted the twins, and I said, dude, he's projected 21 points. Well, 20.83. Yep. How do you project someone at 20 points who's only scored 20 points one time? How? How do you do it? It fucks up the projections. It fucks up everything. And guess what? Not only did he not score 20 points, he scored five points against one of the worst rush defenses in the league, the Jets. What the fuck? fuck was that about i what he had one yard rushing one unbelievable it's fantasy football dude you think that saquon barkley is in a great home run spot they're going to use him like crazy against a jets defense that is not prepared for him and all of a sudden greg williams does something and boom no saquon barkley at all whatsoever one yard on the ground one for saquon barkley are you kidding me one, I was playing a team that was playing against a, a running back combination that had Tariq Cohen in it, and Tariq Cohen doubled up Saquon Barkley's score. Fantasy fucking There's football, not really man. anything to say about it. It Fantasy was absolutely fucking football. Like, I think we said, we said that the Jets' run defense has actually been pretty solid, but one yard on 13 rushes from... This dude clearly isn't okay, first off. Like, he has not been nearly the same running back as he was prior to the leg injury. They clearly rushed him back, in my opinion. It's just uh, brutal. At this point, like, when do you have to start ranking Saquon Barkley towards the back end of RB1s or even uh, maybe even RB2 territory if it's going to be this bad? I think that, hey, look, they're going into a bye week. Since the Since the injury, he just hasn't been the same, man. I, I think they rushed him back. But what makes you say that in, in his terms of his production, 15.5 points, 23.3 points, 12.5, and then he had a stinker. Look, he went against Dallas to start the season and Buffalo, 11 for 120 and 18 for 107. That's Saquon Barkley. Then he misses all that time. Tampa, he was 8 for 10, and then he got that's the game he got hurt. Against Arizona, a terrible front, 7, 18 for 72. So Not bad. It's mediocre. mediocre. Against Detroit. Who's been the worst in the league? Nineteen for sixty-four. We should put out there though eight receptions for seventy-nine yards and a receiving touchdown. Yeah. Dallas fourteen for twenty-eight. The Jets thirteen for one. For one. Like, 
look, and it's not like he has this massive touchdown appeal either. The Giants don't put up that many points. They did against the Jets, but that was all through the air with Daniel Jones. I don't know. The four of his last five games, he has 16 points or under. I mean, 16 points is very solid, but it's not Saquon Barkley, you know? It's not like Christian McCaffrey. I was going to say Zeke, but even Zeke has been disappointing. It's like it's not that upper echelon RB tier one that everyone expected when you drafted Saquon Barkley, and I think it has a lot to do with them rushing him back from his injury where everyone thought he was going to be out like eight weeks, and after like three, they were like, yep, he's fine. I could. And I'm not a doctor, but... That's just what makes the most sense to me. Look, they have a bye week next week. I think that'll help. Then they get Chicago, Green Bay, Miami, and Washington in four of their last five games, which have all given up a top 10 fantasy production points to running backs. Yeah. So with that being said, things are looking up for Saquon Barkley. But in, in this particular game, dude, because it, it's not even the rushing attempts. Fine. 13 rushes for one yard. They bottled him up. The Jets have been horrible against the running back out of the backfield. Yeah. And five receptions for 30 yards. They they clearly went into that game saying, we are not going to let Saquon Barkley beat us. We're going to let Daniel Jones beat us. And Daniel Jones did, does what he does. He scores, he throws four touchdowns. Yeah, but he fumbled twice. Leads the league in fumbles with 11. Yeah. That's what Daniel Jones does. So, I mean, the game plan worked out. The Jets won. Yep. But with that being said, Michael, who's your uh, surprise surprise? I mean, this should come as no surprise that he's on the surprise surprise. I actually literally just tweeted right now because I saw his name and I was like, perfect opportunity. Cooper Cup with, uh, instead of the two O's, 0.0. <laughs> zero. Zero. Yeah. from Cooper Cup. I don't know a single person that had him outside their top like eight wide receivers this week. Pittsburgh has given up the most points and receptions to the slot wide receiver. And yards. And yards. Like, I know the LA offense hasn't been tremendous and Brandon Cooks uh, isn't the down. Josh Reynolds isn't the downfield threat that Brandon Cooks is. But holy moly. And they're coming off a bye week. And they're coming off a bye week. Zero points for Cooper Cup was just one of the most shocking performances. Like, even the zero, the donut from Mike Evans that we saw a few weeks back. Like, games like that have happened with Mike Evans and Jameis Winston. And, just be, and you know, on the other side. And it was those Chris, are in tough matchups. And Chris Godwin went crazy. Yeah. So it's just like, all right, so he was just targeting Godwin. But, yeah. you know, the production's still going to be there in the offense. This time it was just Reynolds, Everett, and Woods all having mediocre games and Cooper Cup not having a single reception. And we mentioned Todd Gurley had a good game on the ground but didn't get a single touch in the in the fourth quarter. He was only – yo, Goff looked horrendous. Terrible. I'm sorry, but I've been saying this last week since last year. Goff is not a good quarterback. And I know I get a lot of shit from my Mitch Trubisky take, and deservingly so. <laughs> but I would much rather have Mitch Trubisky on a rookie contract than Jared Goff on a $100 million contract. I, I mean, would, I would, I would. It's because you could just get rid of Mr. Yes. Trubisky after. Yeah, because he's not. You're not locked into him. You're locked into Jared Goff and his mediocreness. Uh, the dude, yeah. the dude throws like kind of a bitch. It's been bad. His last like sixteen games, he has seventeen touchdowns to sixteen interceptions. Someone, I forget who, I saw on Twitter, and I thought it was funny because we watched it happen. Um, they called him the more volume Mark Sanchez. Like, we saw the demise of Mark Sanchez from what he, like, having a good season and then just crumbling and never being the same. I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Goff just never returns to what he was last season because this has been a brutal, like, I know the offensive line is bad and just the whole unit in general has been bad this season, but it's just been awful. He has not been even a top 20 QB this season. Not even fancy-wise, just regular NFL football-wise. It's bad. Man. I gotta tell you, bro. It's it's concerning for the future too. It's not just surprise, surprise for this week because Cooper Cup's been a stud. He has been. Yeah. Jared Goff sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who did especially not especially now with Brandon Cooks out and not really a timetable. If if teams are able to just zone in on Cooper Cup, who knows how much success he'll have the rest of the season? I don't want to overreact too much, but this was a step in the wrong direction for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a step in the right direction. Someone who had a step in the right direction, a giant surprise, Randall Cobb. Holy moly, where'd that come from? What the? Dak Prescott last night looked incredible. Yeah, he did. He was was not the reason they lost, that's for sure. I can't believe they lost that game, honestly. It's funny because I was watching that game at the same time as like I was writing thank you cards for my wedding, (laughs) right? So I was watching. I was up and down. I was up and down. I was up and down. And I looked up and, you know, I hadn't thought about the score in a little bit. And you look up and it's just like 
the Cowboys are losing this game. Yeah. I they mean, Kirk see, Cousins played very well in his own right. He did too. in a primetime game where yeah. everyone gives him shit about primetime. Against a team that has a winning record. Yeah. I was just waiting for them to lose so I could see the Kirk Cousins record versus winning teams tweet that everyone likes to tweet out after he loses against a winning team. So shout out to Kirk Cousins for getting the W in yeah. a primetime game. And it's game where Stefan Diggs, we'll talk about later, sucked. But Randall Cobb did not suck, caught eight, six of eight targets for 106 yards and a touchdown. Man, Dak Prescott was looking for him early and often. Um, I don't know what this means for Randall Cobb going forward, but if you were in a bye week situation and you had to start Randall Cobb, you are completely so happy about the 20.6 he got you in half PPR. I was playing against a kid who had Thielen. Uh, Lindsey was on a bye. Cortland Sutton was on a bye for him. So he had to put someone in his in his slot, and he slotted Randall Cobb, and he scored 20 against me. Shout, yeah, out, to, crazy. shout out to him for fucking doing that. <laughs> and now he has a chance to beat you. This is our home league Tim's talking about. Yeah, it's it's going to come down to... It's gonna come down to uh, Tevin Coleman versus Debo Samuel, who I should I'm really win, pulling but I'm, for you, Tim. I'm not. I'm not that confident. I'm not gonna lie. We'll see. Um, but, but yeah, also the, with the the Cowboys though, they had second and two, like last drive of the game, and they ran twice in a row after Prescott drove all the way downfield to like inside the red zone, and it was zero gain, negative three yard loss, and then fourth down was incomplete. Like, what are you doing? Why are you giving the ball to Zeke two times in a row when he had has? Zero success the whole game, and Dak Prescott has literally just passed the ball downfield at will the entire game. Is the Kellen Moore love fest over a little bit? Is it is it waning a little bit? Because I, I saw rough. Uh, Colin Cowherd uh, came out today and said that Sean McVay's genius has expired. You know how it is. It's a it's a what have you done for me lately league out here. Sean McVay was doing the like we went to the New England Patriots uh, New York Jets game Monday night a couple weeks back, and we said how. Adam Gase, it was awful because they were cover zero the whole time, just bringing every single player they could, and he was sending players on streaks instead of like quick drags and things of that sort. That's basically what Sean McVay was doing yesterday to like a lesser extent. They're bringing the pressure, and no one's just running like a quick drag. They're not throwing any quick screens like they usually do. I think I saw them throw one screen to Robert Woods, and it was for like a 15-yard gain. Like, try it again if they're going to bring this much pressure, and you know your offensive line sucks. Yeah. It was odd. I mean, it, it makes you think, like, are these coaches kind of smelling themselves a little bit? Smelling themselves? You know, like, that's what that, that's a term. You know what I mean? Like, Kyle Shanahan is a guy who did not change anything, refused to change things, even when he was 3-13, and 13, refused to change his offense, and now he has the right personnel, and you see what's happening. They have a chance to go 9-0 and this week. Yeah. So it's, it, it'll be interesting to see who's the real genius and who's not. Um, is that it, or do you have a second guy? I have a second guy. Michael, talk to us. This was one of the more odd 30-carry games I could ever remember in my life because the Bengals lost 49-13 to to the Baltimore Ravens and Joe Mixon ran the ball 30 times. 30 rushes when you lost by 36. I want, I want to, like, I wish I had a connection with, like, the Elias Sports Bureau to ask them when. The, I might, like, tweet at them. When was the last time someone had 30 carries in a game where they lost by more than 30? Because, yo, if this is the way you're going to run your offense, why are you going to Ryan Finley? Like, why not leave Andy Dalton in if you don't trust Ryan Finley enough to pass the ball when you're down by 30 points? 30 carries, 114 yards. So not even four yards per carry. Like, 114 yards looks great, but 30 carries. And then he also had two catches for 37 yards. So he ended up having a decent fantasy game, his second best fantasy game on the season which just goes to show you how bad of a season Joe Mixon has had based relative to ADP. But yeah, maybe that's a good sign for uh, Joe Mixon going forward if they're going to run the ball 30 times against Baltimore down by 30 points. But that was shocking to me that they just, even down by that much, they were like, yep, we're going to keep just running the ball. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more, more about Joe Mixon later, so let's get into the stock up section. The stock up section is players whose stock or... Their what's a good other value? stock value is rising, going up all the way. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at ten cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Talking about grand slam home runs, this is a guy. Well, guys plural, that I put into my stock up section a couple weeks ago, and I said, if you have a chance to pick them up off waiver wires because they were available, go ahead and do it. And now they are 
72% owned, going to be owned even more. If you have a chance to get these guys in your league, please get them because they were coming off a bye a few weeks ago. They're no longer coming off a bye. It is the Pittsburgh defense. The Pittsburgh defense is not only winning weeks for you. Since the acquisition of Mika Fitzpatrick, who I don't know if the mainstream media is having this conversation yet, but defensive player of the year? Defensive player of the year is an interesting exclamation, Tim. I mean, look at the difference when he was there and when he wasn't. And here's the difference in fantasy. They have scored 11, 19, 11, 14, 13, 19. And then against the Rams, who were in the bottom third of the league in defenses against, they scored, they put up 25 points. They sacked Jared Goff four times. They only allowed four points. They recover a fumble. They have a defensive TD. 25 points. And not only that, the reason why I have them in their stock rising because they're already up. Their upcoming schedule is fucking marvelous. At Cleveland. At Cincinnati. At Cleveland. I mean, at home against Cleveland. Those three games by themselves could possibly get you in the playoffs if you're a, if you're a fringe team. Because Cleveland, even though they won last week, cannot stop a pass rusher for their lives. And their offense did not look good. Jarvis Landry was doing his thing. Really no one else. Then you got Arizona, Buffalo, and the Jets to finish out the season. <clears throat> All offenses that are completely um, you know, open. And on top of that, you know a Mike Tomlin team is going to be ready and prepared for a postseason run. They just got the sixth seed in the AFC locked down. They're going to want to make the postseason. Mike Tomlin's in the in the running for coach of the year if they make the postseason without Ben Roethlisberger. And it makes you think, because I love the Steelers preseason, if Ben Roethlisberger didn't get hurt, is this a team that is legitimate and can be a Super Bowl contender? I think the answer is yes. But if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't get hurt... Does Mika Fitz, you know, all these things are, you know, they're, they're dominoes. But with that being said, Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh Steelers are my first stock up because their stock is rising exponentially. The phone it's, is ringing. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny having a defense in this um, section here, but can't blame you for putting them here because Pittsburgh defense has been. Under the radar because New England Patriots defense has been getting all the love. And, and, and San, San Francisco. Francisco. But San Francisco has had some very mediocre defensive fantasy games as well. In Pittsburgh has been ridiculous. In overall defense, overall defense, they are ranked three since the acquisition of Mika Fitzpatrick um, overall in the league behind New England and San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, like you said, the upcoming schedule is great. So, yeah, if you could go pick up Pittsburgh defense, do it. Or if someone drops them, pounce quickly quickly yeah my first stock rising is not a defense it's darius slayton yo i mentioned him a few weeks back you guys were like nah 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 but if you picked him up a few weeks back you're you're happy right I don't, now i don't believe you i did no i don't believe that i said nah 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 you you were yes you pumped the brakes whatever he now has at least 18 points in two of the last three games mixed in there was a big dud of 1.10 but look no Evan Ingram for who knows how long. No Sterling Shepard for who knows how long. How who knows how long? Maybe the rest of the season. Now they got a bye, and Chicago and Green Bay two difficult matchups. He's likely to hit the waiver wire if he's still in this possession position with no Evan Ingram or Sterling Shepard going into weeks 14, 15, and sixteen against Philly, Miami, and Washington. And you're struggling a wide receiver in the playoffs. Darius Slayton might be a very interesting guy to own. I agree. I agree. I think he's also just been impressive. He's played well. It's not like he's just getting these lucky. Like he's he's been a good player. Yeah. Um, and he comes from a big time program in Auburn. And yes. so look, there's there you can't say enough for a guy who's been in big situations like that. Um Yeah, shout out to um Darius Slayton, though, sixth round pick showing out. Fifth round. Fifth round pick showing out. Uh, let's let's go over to uh, my next guy, and that is Joe Mixon. Michael already mentioned something about him. His stock is definitely rising. You know we are not fans of Joe Mixon's talent per se here on Brodo. But if you can get 30 carries in a loss by 30, then the sky is the limit to how many carries you're going to get. Because I want any running back. I don't care, Michael, if you're playing running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. If you're getting 30 carries, I want you in fantasy. <laughs> I'm not lying. 30 carries, bro? Unbelievable, yeah. 
for 100, he was he was good with it. 116 yards. He also saw three tar- three receptions in the air, four targets for another 30 yards or so. That's a good game. It and is. if you're a Joe Mixon owner and you've been playing like, oh man, I can't start him. I can't. Now you can put him in there and be like, all right, I at least have an RB two, maybe a fringe RB three in my hands. I mean, as long as Ryan Finley's at QB, I don't see why it would change if they, if this is how they played in a game where they got destroyed. Facts. Uh, Michael, who's your next guy? My next uh, stock up is Brian Hill, who we'll talk about more on the Patreon episode tomorrow, the Patreon waiver wire episode, because he's only 3% owned. Uh, the other 3% is highly likely the Devontae Freeman owner who is stashing him. Guess what? Devontae Freeman went out, and Brian Hill rushed 20 times. Like they, I know you can't expect the Falcons to hold a double-digit lead every game. I think that's the problem with Hill. He's still two targets, a reception, 10 yards, and a touchdown on that reception. Like, he was the clear number two. Kenjon Barner hardly play any snaps as the number three. Uh, Quadri Allison didn't even see the field. Ito Smith is on IR already. If Devontae Freeman is out, Brian Hill becomes a savior to teams who really need a running back because they get Carolina next week, which is a tremendous matchup. Tampa Bay, New Orleans is tough, but then Carolina, week 14. It's not the easiest schedule for Brian Hill, but... It's a starting running back who is going to be more than likely the workhorse if Devontae Freeman misses time. Big loss for Devontae Freeman if he's out. But yeah, Brian Hill is tough here. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't help but agree with you. It does, it does make me a little bit nervous. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. Yes, we will. Um, let's go over to my next guy. My next guy is Kyle Rudolph, man. Kyle Rudolph without the L, uh, silent L. He's been getting you silent W's if you've been starting him because you see I, that first touchdown yesterday. Yeah, one handed grab. Dude. Yeah, that was awesome. It kind of reminds you that like, was Eric Ebron esque earlier in the season. The last couple seasons, he's been a locked and loaded tight end one, and not last season not mostly, last season. but two seasons ago, he was locked and loaded tight end one every week. Yeah, and he has the ability to be that. And since week six, he's kind of turned it on. Uh, six targets, three targets. You want to take that away, but five targets and five targets in the last in three of the last four weeks. Had at least five targets. He's had an end zone target in all of those weeks. He's caught touchdowns in three out of the last four weeks. He seems to be a guy that they want to go to in the end zone, specifically when Adam Thielen is out, and this does completely coincide with Thielen going down. Yeah. So when you're looking at a guy like who are they going to find out there who is going to take his place? Olabisi Johnson has not been there, right? He's been a sometimes guy. But with that being said, Kyle Rudolph seems to be the guy in the end zone. Now, he's not going to kill you with the with the numbers in terms of yards. He had four receptions for 14 yards last week, but he had two receiving touchdowns and a two-point conversion. So we got three end zone catches, which is not something to take lightly. All right, that's... Def, that's Christian Kirk Especially at the tight end position Especially the tight end position So uh, he gets Denver next week Before they go into a bye After that bye is going to be interesting If Adam Thielen gets back But yeah I, I would say If you are tight end needy Kyle Rudolph is a guy That you have to consider picking up Right now only owned in 34% of leagues He'll be on the on the podcast tomorrow I'm sure So Kyle Rudolph is a guy That definitely I would consider Going forward with As my tight end If I'm struggling a tight end If I, ha- if I, ha- if I had a guy like Evan Ingram, who's now out. Or Austin Hooper. Or Austin Hooper, who's now out. Kyle Rudolph becomes someone who could slot in there and maybe not be those guys, but give you something. Uh, it does highly depend on Adam Thielen, in my opinion, though. If Adam Thielen remains out. If he comes back, then it's going to be very risky to trust Fact, Kyle definitely, this de- is definitely, definitely dependent. If I didn't make that clear, dependent on Adam Thielen. My last stock up, New York Jets receiver Jamison Crowder. This has... A lot to do with the schedule and his role as the number one passing option. Returning the last couple of weeks, nine targets, eight receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown against Miami. And then against New York yesterday, six targets, five receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Robbie Anderson has gone completely ghost. Just he is not a part. Maybe Sam Darnold can't see him either. He's a ghost on the field. One reception for 11 yards last week. He's just... And these are Miami and New York. You can't really ask for better matchups. I don't see how you could really trust him at all going forward. You need to have, you need to at least see him have like two solid games before you could even ever trust him. So he's probably droppable at this point, Robbie Anderson. But Jamison Crowder, this back-to-back games with at least 16 half PPR fantasy points. Looks like the clear number one going up against Washington last week. We said their flex, uh, excuse me, flex their uh, slot 
defense is not as good as their outside receiver defense, which helps Crowder as well, and then a glorious matchup after that. So Jamison Crowder is looking like he could be a super solid wide receiver three or even wide receiver two in PPR leagues the rest of the season with Robbie Anderson completely falling off the map and only really going uh, head-to-head with DT for targets. Yeah, could not agree with you more. Um, so that was our stock up section. Uh, Jameson Crowder is someone that I'm very happy I own in a bunch of leagues. Um, wasn't happy before, happy now. Yeah. Um, but because we're sick, sadistic sons of bitches, we want to end this off with the downer. So let's go to the stock down. Yeah. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The down traders are standing there watching in amazement, and I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Let's talk about the speed in which we're watching Stefan Diggs deteriorate, because he's my number one stock down. Dude, when you saw him get 41, and then... This is half-point PPR, of course, against Philly when Adam Thielen went down. And then followed it up with 18.8 and 16.8. You were like, all right, this guy's a locked and loaded wide receiver one when there's no Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen on the field, right? Then he goes and he completely shits the bed against the Kansas City Chiefs. One reception for four yards against the Chiefs and a rush for 12 yards. But you're like, all right, one bad game. We'll let it slide. Then last week against Dallas, he turned six targets into three receptions for 49 yards. And I, I, look, this is not scientific in any way, but I just don't like the guy's body language. He is, he's You're like, right, that's not scientific in any way. You know, you know, Carmelo Anthony, like he used to take game winning shots and then miss them and then laugh. Like, I feel like that's how Stefan Diggs is. He's like the kid at the park who thinks he's better than everyone else, so he fucks up and then laughs about it like, oh, I'm nice anyway, so I don't got to worry about this. That's kind of the attitude that I get out of Stefan Diggs. And the dude has not been producing. And when you have the ability to get shut down, even when Adam Thielen is not there in a passing offense where Kirk Cousins had a good game, where Kyle Rudolph had a good game, where Dalvin Cook had a good game, you need to be able to produce in that offense and when you look at his upcoming schedule he gets hard matchups he has Denver next week where they've been completely shutting down number one receivers uh with Harris and then they hit the after the bye week they get Seattle Detroit who are not bad but they're not good options and then he ends the year with the Chargers and the Packers who've been some of the best against wide receivers in fantasy this year so you look at that and you're like what do I really have in Stefan Diggs right now and I think that's what is the complete um, embodiment of the stock down section. Someone I'm not giving up on yet, but someone who I can definitely not trust it the way I thought he, I could. Yeah, uh, Byron Jones really um, shut him down yesterday, really. that's Rudolph had to look elsewhere most of the game. And I agree with you because now they got Denver next week. Chris Harris lined up against him, assuming Adam Thielen's not back. Then a bye week. So that's the next two weeks where Stefan Diggs, one, is going to be very risky against Denver assuming Chris Harris is on him, and then a bye week, and then weeks 15 in Seattle, Detroit, LA, uh, the Chargers, and Green Bay. Detroit's really the only matchup there that's, like, amazing. Seattle's decent, too, but LA and Green Bay is tough, the championship and semifinals weekend, so I agree. My stock is a little bit down on Stefan Diggs as well. My first stock falling, though, someone that we've gone too long, Tim, without talking about, because this just should have been in the news and notes section, David Johnson. Oof. Holy moly. Like, there's a reason I ranked David Johnson as a low-end RB2 this week. Because I was not surprised at all that Kenny and Drake got more on than him. I was like, we have to see what they're going to do with these two guys. Who knows if David Johnson's even healthy? And apparently he was 100%. And then he came out there looking like he was running with 300-pound weights on his back. He looked absolutely atrocious. He looked slow, man. He Five very slow. rushes for two yards, one target, one reception, eight yards. And he lost a fumble. Kenny and Drake completely took over the second half of the game. That It blew my mind how bad David Johnson looked. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they announced that he's going to miss next week's game with another injury or something of that sort because he did not look healthy. And if he really is healthy, he's nowhere near the back that he was two years ago. Like something's clearly going on with David Johnson. And Kenny and Drake has uh, played pretty well um, in his in his stead so far this season. So it's... Really not going well at all for DJ and his owners, especially guys who ran him out there this week. 
like thinking they were going to get a David Johnson performance, which I was very weary of. But yeah, and if if you count minus two for fumbles like our league does, he would have got you negative half a point this week. Uh, rough, rough, super rough. Yeah, his stock is definitely down. He you could have started Chase Edmonds, who didn't even play, and he would have got you more points than David Johnson. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. He, you know, he. I always have a soft place in my heart for David Johnson because he won me a championship two years ago. But with that being said, the dude does not look like the guy who won me a championship two years ago. Not at all. Not at all. Um, let's, speaking about a guy who does not look like a running back, my second, my second guy is Jalen Samuels. <sighs> look, here's what I've learned: when the fantasy consensus is all on a guy. Get off that guy. Because everyone was saying Jalen Samuels is the number one running back with James Conner out. Pick up Jalen Samuels. And even we said pick up Jalen Samuels, but we weren't on the he's a RB1 train. No, yeah. Our our rankings, I was kind of surprised at what um, Jalen Samuels is ranked expert consensus-wise. He was like a 15 or something. I think I had him as my RB20. Yeah, we were all down on him. Yeah, but like I thought he'd at least have a decent RB2 game. Here's the thing, though. Because the Rams have been the worst team against the pass catcher out of the backfield. And when you have a pass catcher out of the backfield who has scored, I mean, who I'm sorry, who has caught 13 balls last week, oh. you expect him to at least rack up seven, eight points, half PPR in just receptions. But he didn't do that. He only caught three of seven targets for 11 yards. And he's clearly not a running back. That is so clear. Because when he gets the ball in the backfield, he doesn't know what to do with it. 14 times he rushed for 29 yards. So he had 40 total yards, ended up with 5.5 points and half PPR. His stock is down because all reports say that James Conner's coming back this Thursday against yeah. Cleveland. And if James Conner comes back, Jalen Samuels is absolutely worthless. Yeah, he's likely droppable. I mean, not in life, but in fantasy. <laughs> I'm sure he has like a really worthwhile life and that he has a lot of people. Why are you him. assuming people thought you meant his life? That's an odd assumption. <laughs> We are doing a fantasy podcast here, Tim. I feel bad saying someone's worthless. <laughs> but he does In not have worth fantasy-wise. Okay? Yes, there you go. Okay, Much better. I feel much better now. My second stock falling was supposed to be, it's on my list, Calvin Ridley. And then Austin Hooper and Devontae Freeman injuries happened. So I'm not giving up on Calvin Ridley yet. Scratch that. I'm going to new boom-bust wide receiver three option, Juju Smith-Schuster. Because three of his last four games, wow, wow. he is now on their six half PPR fantasy points. James Washington and Deontay Johnson out-targeted him yesterday. Even in a game where they passed the ball a good amount and did not have a running game going and did not throw to the running back as much as they did in the previous games. Like Deontay Johnson and James and James Washington both had solid performances, flex-worthy performances. And Juju Smith-Schuster just went three for 44 and... His untrustworthiness continues to to climb. Yeah, I mean, Juju, it, it, what makes it even worse is that the Steelers' offense has been getting turnovers like crazy. Yeah. Mason Rudolph just looks terrible. He's bad. He's a bad quarterback. It's, it's disappointing. Yeah. Um, my last guy is Zach Pascal. Zach. Yo, I tried telling you and Jason that Brian Hoyer starting was a big deterrent. And Jason's like, oh, no, he's not even that much. I know he doesn't like Jacoby Brissett. He's like, oh, he's not even that much of a downgrade from Brissett. Idiot. <laughs> Our special guest is stupid. <laughs> I got to say, I was wrong on this one. I thought Pascal was going to have a good game no matter who his quarterback was because he was facing Miami. And he was the number one receiver, but he ends up not having a good game at all. 3.2 half PPR fantasy points. There's not much to say except... We thought that he was T.Y. Hilton when T.Y. Hilton's out, but it's clear that T.Y. Hilton's well, just no, a No, we didn't player. think he was T.Y. Hilton. It's not T.Y. Hilton. Is he was just a very solid replacement for? I mean, right. I'm still not giving up on Pascal. I might. With if T.Y. Hilton remains out and Jacoby Brissett returns, I'm not gonna. All give right, up if, on if him. Jacoby Brissett returns, maybe not. Yeah, but still, Zach, come on, bro. Stocks down. He's not an auto star for me anymore. He was an auto star for me before. He's not an auto star anymore. It was a tough game from Indy. Against Miami. Really bad. Against who gives up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. It's bad. Ugh. Ain't no denying it. Last in DVOA against the number one receiver. Ain't no denying it. It was bad. How no Hoyer threw a couple it. interceptions his way too. Hoyer didn't look good at all. No bueno. <clears throat> My last stock falling, uh, someone I spoke about when I was talking about the stock rising section, 
of Jameson Crowder. My stock falling is Robbie Anderson. If you want to cut him loose, if you haven't yet, don't feel bad about it. Oh, him. big words. Yeah. Cut him loose. How could you possibly trust Robbie Anderson going there's, forward? The offensive there's line's literally not good enough. a zero percent chance you could trust Robbie Anderson. I wouldn't say zero. He has less than fifty yards in every single game since Dallas. And that was because of a ninety yard touchdown. Take away the Dallas game and he has one game over take away the Dallas long touchdown and he has one game over fifty yards this season. It's week eleven. Hard pass. It's over. Our hopes and dreams are crushed. Yeah, it's crushed. Sorry, Robbie. And now he's going to come out against Washington and go off next week. Probably, because that's what happens. But that is it for us. Remember, uh, shout out to the veterans. We're going to go out to this very patriotic music here. Shout out to the veterans who are always on our side and always fighting for us. God bless the USA. God bless the people who are patrons of us. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy or BrotoFantasy.com and follow the link. And may Um, all your Monday Night Miracles come true tonight. May all your Monday Night Miracles come true tonight. Don't forget to join the Patreon and listen to our Waiver Wire podcast. Shout out again to the veterans of the United States Army, Marines, Navy, Air Force, Special Units, all of them. And you know, let's throw, let's throw the cops and EMTs in there too because they, and firefighters because, you know, they Why deserve not? it too. Shout out to the veterans. And uh, teachers, Tim. Thanks, bro. I am definitely not a soldier, <laughs> but I'm a You're soldier. soldier. I'm a soldier in the on, war against yes. stupidness. Yes. I'm a soldier in the field of education battle. That's right. <laughs> and I'm the general. Michael's the general of fantasy football. Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Don't forget to follow at Jason Patrop and follow at Brodo Fantasy. We not only give you all the fantasy advice you need and all the updates you need, we also give you... I just closed my computer without knowing that that was going to shut off the music. <laughs> Why wouldn't it? Uh, I don't know. We also give you every single touchdown that happens in fantasy. Computer back on. No, uh, you're gonna have to click play again or something or yeah, log back in. Pre- yeah, you screwed up. Nah, screwed up. But we're ending this anyways now, so God bless America. Later. <laughs>